and welcome to Game of Your Life, a video game podcast about, you guessed it, video games. This week, we got Levy live in studio. I like the sounds of that, actually. How are you doing, man? Hello, I'm good. How are you, Jordan? Oh, doing very well. It's a day off. Uh, it was a bit hungover this morning, but <laughs> I decided it's time to roll out of the bed and just start the day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I wish I was hungover, to be fair. I'm just <laughs> sleep depraved. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you got a big move coming up, right? That's got to yes, be... Yes, that's true, yeah. You're moving to London, which is, what, three hours away on train? two hours yeah about two two and a half i mean yeah between two and three hours depending on how, like what train you get but uh yeah it's a big move how, how are you doing it i'm very curious how do you mean like like, like are you driving there or are you moving everything by t- no train? so a friend of mine maddie which i, I think you met um because she, she comes uh, often with me to like uh, gigs and that oh yeah basically yeah. maddie uh, has a van oh and, uh, we'll just like throw everything in the back of the van and uh, go to London on Friday. Oh man, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, I'm so glad we were able to get this one in because same. When you told me the game, I was like, okay, I think I can beat that within like a month and a half, essentially. And so this is like the day, the week you're leaving. We managed to get it in. Exactly, it's uh, it's like a, a countdown now, <laughs> less than twenty four hours. <laughs> what what makes you want to go to London? I've never really talked to you about it. Uh, no, we didn't. But it's just the fact that I got um, like a. On my day job, I got a promotion as well. So oh hell yeah! Because of that, I'm relocating to London, mm-hmm. and it's also gonna like you know try comedy there as well and see how it goes. But I've not decided yet whether I'm gonna stay there for a long time or I might just come back after a year. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. But yeah, this is the reason why. Oh cool, it's man! A mixture of things. That's good. Yeah, because like I hear comedy's tougher down there when you're newer, so it's like it may be tough to get a foothold. But having another reason to go is sort of like. Why not? Plus, that's like the full British experience, really, like living in London. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know, I've been here for uh, nine years. Right. So now moving to London, it's kind of trying something new, but without the, not at the expense of like, you know, dropping everything and just leaving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I heard good and bad things about the, like being in London, not bad things, but like that it's tougher and it's harder to even like get the, the audience into it and stuff like mm-hmm. this. Which is, I think it's fine. It's, it's to me, it's, uh, it's good practice, you know, because I've been here for, like, what, eight months, eight, nine months of doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed it. And I think I, I, I had a good time. Yeah, and, and you're then, pretty regular, too. A lot of people, acts don't jump on it right away, but you're gigging pretty frequently. Yeah, exactly. So, you see, like, this, the, the same thing is that now I just have to, because to me, it was the idea of, if I were to, I don't know, let's say, be in Manchester for a year, two, three, smash it, mm-hmm. then move, mm-hmm. it might have been a bit of a, it might have been harder, you know, because it'd be like, well, I already built like an audience, I already um, know, you know, promoters as well as uh, people, like followers and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's tougher to go back to zero when you're already, yeah. even for me, when I moved here, like, I, I was only three years in in Vancouver, but I was like running open mics, I wouldn't have to like sign up, and yeah. just get put on the list and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then coming back here to like, all right, no one knows me. It really is starting from zero. Yeah. So you're right about that. It probably would be a lot tougher. Yeah, you see, so that's why I feel like, you know, I've been here for eight months. And obviously the connections that I made in here are still here. Yeah, totally. So like anytime I... you visit, you can jump on shows and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um, I forgot I was going to say something about London. but uh, Oh, yeah, where, for the listeners, where are you from originally? I was born in the north of Romania. North of Romania. Um, lived... Not for me, like in on board with Ukraine, like from my grandma's house, you can see Ukraine. Right, that's, oh, that's how close. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I moved to Manchester when I was uh, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Been here for about yeah, almost nine years, and now I'm moving to London. What brought you here originally? Work. Work. Oh, yeah, damn. yeah, yeah, yeah. Work the... seems to chart around where you're going. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. Exactly. It's a it's a pattern now. It's never holidays or you're traveling. Yeah, that's funny, man. But uh, yeah, so you run a show in aid of Ukraine. I'm assuming that's because you've got ties there yeah. and whatnot, yeah, yeah, yeah. living right next to it. But to be fair, the the, the whole idea of Elena Comedy is not just to do Ukraine. We started with Ukraine, mm-hmm. but now we're actually thinking probably in October we'll um, do some other charities as well. So it's not, again, you only started on the idea of, oh, let's try and do something for Ukraine. But we actually try to make it, I don't know, maybe like every for six to eight weeks right um of 
charity events. So all the money that we do, we raise, will go towards certain charities. And we got like me, Chaz and Sammy have a list. Or list. Basically, we, we have things that like, like we, we care about. Mm-hmm. And then everyone will just come with an idea. So it, it just happened that the first two are for Ukraine because of the current situation there. Okay. But moving on, we will try to get something like in regards to mental health, LGBTQIA rights. Um, right. We've got a lot of, like food banks as well that we want to raise money for as well. So hopefully it'll get a little bit, you know, again, it's it's going to hopefully expand into something bigger. It's not just, just one thing. Yeah, that's very cool, man. Yeah. I mean, very noble effort. I just assumed because you'd lived close to there. Oh, yeah, so. that was the main. That was the impetus, right? Yeah. 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 And those shows are going well. I haven't managed to make uh, it down to one yet. No, it's all right. Well, yeah, you did. The, I think we had two. Mm-hmm. So we had one in Altrincham, we had one in Manchester. And from both of them, we raised uh, just over a thousand pounds. So I'll say okay, for the, exactly from like a semi, I don't even know whether we are semi amateur or semi pros because we are all less than a year into comedy. Mm-hmm. But from like three dudes that just started comedy late last year to actually do this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm, well, and it's, it's nice too because like you might not be on the level where you'd want to charge people just and yeah. put it in pocket. Yeah. Because like you said, you're newer to it. But it's like for that effort, everyone is going to be happy to pay. Everyone feels good. Exactly, yeah. And, and the show, the show is probably is what it is. I mean, you guys are all putting it together pretty well. So well, it went. We you know we had a good time, and we had like great comedians that came in to to help us out as well. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, again, because I'm in a more I don't know basically, not more basically bad kind of more fortunate situation. To me, I don't have to because you say my even the move to London mm-hmm. is not um, make or break. You know because. I'm not moving there just for comedy and I'm not uh, I'm not living off it yet. Right. So the fact that I raised like, you know, the a thousand pounds to put it in my back like you know, to, like you said, you know, to get a ticketed uh, show mm-hmm. and to just keep the money at the moment is not that much money that to me would make a difference anyway. Right. So I think when the whole thing started with Ukraine I was still any bucket splits I would do or any like paid gigs as little as like I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty quid mm-hmm. was always going towards uh, charities as well. Oh wow, that's you great. Know, yeah, I'd, probably at some point when I get to live of it or to get a better income, mm-hmm. I will try to, you know, maybe, I, I mean, what I do now is I cover my expenses, you know, like yeah. I have to take trains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's good if a bucket split shows up because then I cover whatever I paid for. But again, I'm not at the point where it's no point to be greedy because it's nothing to be <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it really isn't like meant to be about money starting off in comedy. Exactly. You know? It's yeah. like starting for that reason. It's sort of like anything. If you start for the wrong reasons, I agree, it probably yeah. won't go in the right places. But uh, yeah, I'm finding the more success I'm finding here, it, it really does root you in to the point of like if i if i started somewhere else right now i'd have to go like right now i'm working part-time i'd have to get a full-time job yeah i'd have to again start at the open mics so i really am like sort of rooted in here and i didn't really expect that to happen that way but it's sort of it makes sense now that it has happened yeah i think i agree with you i think until you kind of like break it into let's say like you know from northwest to because i mean you you got a good reputation like you're doing gigs around like central uk you know, mm-hmm. all around, but I, th- I think I tell you kind of like go to the next level where you go like, oh, people in London go like, oh, Jordan, come on, do gigs for us. And, you know, you yeah. get like more promoters than even you can take a week off, smash it there, come back. But again, to me, it's like after seven months here, you know, I can go there. If it works out, brilliant. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, it's fine. You know, it's no, I'm not. You're not taking a big risk. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. good, man. No, I think that's smart. You got your sort of figured out in the right way, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of people just throw it at the wall, expect it to work. And it's like, I don't know, man, London's a tough place to yeah, I agree. expect it to work. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get into video games a bit here let's since it. it is a video game podcast. <laughs> uh, did you grow up playing games much or are you yeah. much of a gamer? Yeah, I was I like, I was crazy. I think before I came to the UK, mm-hmm. I was crazy about it. Like, I've not, you know, we, there was this thing at like 12 or 13, you hang out with your friends, you have like your first kiss and all that bullshit. <laughs> I've, I've not... Well, I wasn't a part of that because I was not interested. I, <laughs> I was crazy about playing games. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would probably. I, I remember the first time I was maybe like nine or ten when I I was playing a um, a, a football game, mm-hmm. and as I was playing, I went to the toilet and I was like, oh, how come like all the lights are off in the house? Mm-hmm. It turns out it was like four a.m. That was it. That that's the first night I remember of like, just shit. 
wasting on games and never looked back. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds like an addiction, like uh, it took over, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I found myself in the same way, but I, I would socialize with it a bit because, like, you know, you get four-player games and shit like that. Yeah. So I had friends that were as in the rabbit hole as I was. But when we're together, we'd play four-player games. And then when we split apart, we'd play one-player games. Oh, we we did the we were a lot into I think FIFA was yeah, a thing, yeah. and Counter Strike. Oh man! Or like you know League of Legends. A little oh, bit. So PC gaming mostly. Yeah, yeah. Because I I only had the I had the PSP. Yeah, because even like when I had the PS2 or the PS3, it was only like a one or multiplayer as in per, in person, like mm-hmm. you know Gran Turismo and stuff like that. But that was only because you could only play online. From a PC, what I was living like right. the concept of Game Passes and stuff like this wasn't there. Yeah, totally. I wish I had more PC gaming, like grown up with that, because I did this one thing. It was like a multimedia course in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and it was basically to teach you how to make a flash video. But oh. for the majority of it, we would just end up playing Battlefield on, on like a <laughs> LAN of like twenty of us. Yeah. And it was so fucking fun. It was just like <laughs> great. And I'm like, man, if I had just had, because the thing I'm like. Parents were big computer people, so I never right. had a really solid PC. Right, right, right. I just wasn't up on it. And I always had the, the console at the time, so I was always playing on that. But, yeah, I, this is a, it's a crazy thing when I speak with people from like, different countries that you had that mentality. To me, it just happened that I came across a PS2 mm-hmm. because some friends of mine moved from uh, the USA. Right, okay. Like, right, they were like, you know, Romanians, they run away there a very long time, then they decided to come back, and that's how I got into it. Oh, so consoles just aren't really a big thing in Romania? Well, they are now, but I think when I grew up, they weren't. It was kind of like, if you're lucky, but, but, but then the computers were massive. Like, my dad was mm-hmm. mad about computers. I think I was the only kid in my class to have a computer when I was five. I was, like, in kindergarten, I had a PC at home. Oh, wow. And then I think when I was nine, I got, like, this, like, specced up, PC, which was because I think at the time you were looking about like maybe two, three gig of RAM mm-hmm. if you were lucky. I had like eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So he was just mad about it. Exactly. Well, it's funny because it's come up a couple times in the last few episodes of this, but it really like our views on technology and video games specifically all just comes from our parents level of adopting the technology or not yeah absolutely because like they were the ones that were introduced to it and then they had to make this parental decision of like is this good for my kid am i gonna expose him to it and i mean i grew up on fucking nintendo because my dad loved the idea of it but it's like if he hated it, I, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be, well, like, a gamer, really. Exactly. You see, that, that's the thing, because I agree with you. He's like, uh, as well as the, um, what's it called, like, oh, God, let me remember. Um, no worries. Yeah, arcade, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, You get, like, people who are of a late age in, in the UK that I've seen that they're mad, like, Pac-Man and stuff like this, like, even <laughs> the original Mario. Yeah. But my parents had have had no idea what that is mm-hmm. just because again like culturally it was you know we, we never had the the little games that you play i forgot i even forgot their name yeah, the handhelds the like handhelds yeah. yeah you'd never had anything like that so yeah you, you, you actually if anything it started more probably from like my generation or maybe the one before me mm-hmm. where you had a computer in the house Right. And then you were like, oh there are like those 2D games i remember like Hercules you know the the <laughs> Disney game Yeah 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 that was the first game I remember playing. Right. And uh, now how old are you again, for reference? I am 25. 25? Yeah. Okay, cool. So probably I was like, yeah, six when I started playing. And there was like one with cat, a cat that was a pirate. Right. It was a massive thing in Romania. And I used to play that as well. So you see, <laughs> I think, if anything, probably we started it. Like uh, people in 30s and 40s, we are the ones that actually started this wave of gaming. Because, oh, yeah, my nephew has an Xbox and a PC. And a PC is still a huge thing in Romania. Right, yeah. I mean, it's big here, too. I mean, I don't think anyone saw, like, gaming culture getting to the point where it was, like, filling arenas and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty huge, right? And PC seems to always have led that, sort of, that yeah. that end of it. But it's, uh, I was going to say something about PCs. Oh, yeah, for us in Canada, PCs were, like, it was all educational games and shit like yeah. that, like, teaching at a type, but then also just, like, math games and stuff yeah. like that. Seriously. And then... Then, yeah, consoles became the thing that was, like, 
this is nothing educational about it, you know. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. almost purposefully not that. Yeah, actually, you know what? That was actually one of my my parents' arguments. I remember when I got the PS two because obviously they had to pay for it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. My, my my mom was like, "What's the point? You're not you know learning anything from it." I was like, "No, mom. Look, it's WWE. It's my versus Raw. I learned how to fight." Yeah. <laughs> Although I was playing so young, I probably did teach me like words and like reading comprehension and shit like that. I mean, there is some value to them. I'd say it definitely helped me with my English. Right, you know, oh, of course. Yeah, because uh, I was just going to tell you that it's the same in Romania. We had educational, PC was still an educational tool. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you knew who's rich and who's not at school. Because if, you have, <laughs> if your parents had the money to buy the CDs with like, you know, the maths games and stuff like this. Yeah. It meant you were loaded. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, it was yeah, a sign yeah, yeah, of was, like class. The cla- yeah, and then coming back to like the, the value. Yeah, I, I mean, I even though I, I've studied in one of the best schools in my area, mm-hmm. the English that I learned there was average at the most you know yeah. talking down on my teachers right but the games helped me out massively oh that's hilarious man well hey look at that look at that mom and dad they do have something to them <laughs> <laughs> but hey why, why don't we get into the game here that yeah. we came to talk about Let's all do right it. levy this is the game of your life an action-adventure game developed by Pandemic Studios and published by Electronic Arts December 2009. It would be the last game released by the studio. The game took inspiration from a real-life Irish race car driver from the 1940s. The reviews range from mixed to positive, with praise given to the visual settings and the amount of content, and criticism for the repetition and poor storyline execution. So, Levy, I gotta say, uh, people ask me if I've ever played or learned of games through this podcast, and this is one I absolutely had never heard of until you'd suggested it. How did, how did you first come in contact with this game? And and, well, and is it like one of your all-time favorites to choose it for this? It is. It is. I think it, it, it comes on a list because, um, you know, actually what I realized, because I, when I realized that the guy was Irish, mm-hmm. now it makes sense why I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about Colin Farrell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I see him in the game. Well, I mean, it's a pretty bad accent, to be fair. It's a terrible accent, yeah. <laughs> but it, the idea of an Irishman... Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Can I swear? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay, yeah. The, like, the idea of an Irishman fucking Nazis, yeah. you know, it's, it just blew my, blows my mind. But I think it was at the time, because obviously it came in 2009. Mm-hmm. However, I only played it in maybe like 2012. Right, okay. And it all went hand in hand because I really... I, I had to do some yes yeah, some like research for it you know mm-hmm. like I because I was always like on forums because I was a I was a mad fan of like mafia La Noir no actually La Noir came after mm-hmm. I was uh, Assassin's Creed that was massive Assassin's Creed two Brotherhood and uh, the I think it was the Batman Arkham Asylum that mm-hmm. came in two thousand nine two thousand ten it's all around this era well yeah, yeah so it was one that kind of like linked to the other and then were I you playing like, GTA at the time I played GTA but I think. I used to basically there is a bit of a backstory. I used to buy my games because you know you, you Romania was a part of the EU, mm-hmm. so you if you had to buy games with like fully licensed from a, sh- a, a shop, yeah, you'd pay bare money like you know five fifty sixty quid normal price. Right. Yeah. But in Ukraine they had no such a thing as licensing, mm-hmm. so you could literally like walk into a Ukrainian Tesco mm-hmm. and pick up an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Yeah. For like five quid. Right. Yeah. Is it just they just burned it or ripped it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were just hilarious. But the problem is, some of them were like in Russian or Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. So I think I stopped playing. I I used to play GTA San Andreas, but I got really bored of it. And then the GTA 4 that I had, I couldn't find a good torrent. And the one that I had on (laughs) CD was like full on Russian and it was just like messing up with my head. So yeah, I played GTA. That's what led to it. I played GTA 3. Vice City, yeah. my favorite of them. Well, because, yeah, this game, if you've never played it, and I'm assuming a lot of people haven't, uh, because, I mean, I'd never heard of it. It's not one of those standouts from, I mean, all the games you just mentioned. This is an era packed with big hits. Yeah. Um, but it is very similar to Assassin's Creed, GTA. Yeah. It's got the similar, like, uh, if the if the cops catch you, you got to get out of the circle and stuff like that. Um, but it's also, like, 
Yeah, rooted in reality, which I thought was really interesting. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Go on, sorry. It's, well, it's like, yeah, you're in 1940. It's German-occupied France. And it's not like the, your classic war game where you're on the front lines or whatever. You're in, like, at the, the city that's being taken over by yeah. Nazis, and it's almost like the people have lost hope, and it's up to you to, like, revitalize them. Absolutely, because I, I even think about, like, oh, Tom Clancy also was a massive thing when I was, you know, the Splinter Cell? Yeah, yeah. Oh, loved it. Like, mm. And it was a similar kind of game, because I, I didn't necessarily like, um, like, yeah, front uh, row, like, you know, war, yeah. war games. Same. It was good, but then I, I was more of a, like, again, Mafia to... Tom Clancy, you know, James Bond as well, even though weren't, well, mm. just the storyline, I know you're, you're a spy, you know, you go around, you, you hide, you do this like melee, all that, you know, <laughs> uh, basically yeah. like, it was suffocating people, you know, with cables <laughs> and stuff, it was great. And I felt the same about this and also on, only found out years later, probably, that because it was the last game uh, made by Pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, is it Pandemic? Anyways, yeah. yeah, Pandemic. Um, Pandemic Studios. It, it looks like, even though there were some flaws in the actual, like, you know, gaming, the actual storyline and, like, whatever, it, it looks like they put their heart into it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you had stuff like, yeah, the music. Yeah. It's all from 1940s. Like, the actual music on the radio. And that, I think that transition when, you know, you were playing the music, if you play music in the car, mm-hmm. it starts by hearing it in a car and then slowly transfers onto your, like, uh, kind of, like, outside speakers. Yeah, it's yeah. louder. That that was never done before. Yeah, no, it was very cool. The soundtrack, yeah, all original songs by yeah. original artists like Ella Fitzpatrick's on this fucking thing. Yeah, and uh, the climbing as well. That was I think after Assassin's Creed uh, was the first, the second game where you could actually climb buildings. Yeah, it's it explains he has parkour abilities. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get into the story and the characters uh, of the game. You are Sean Devlin, as we mentioned. He's a hard drinking Irish race car driver slash and he's technically an engineer i think or and then anyway yeah he begins driving also parkour enthusiast (laughs) and a parkour enthusiast apparently this guy's got a lot of talent and you're right he is like a stereotypical irish guy he's got like this the cabbie hat yes like the opening scene he's just drinking whiskey yeah um and it's the opening scene's a big like production it's like the cabaret or whatever where you got like naked ladies on the stage uh, which I was like, oh shit, I didn't expect this. But it sort of is the era for it, you know? Like, Rockstar was always leaning into that sort of stuff. And, like, it, the, the sexual tones in this game are really heavy. And that's, to be fair, like, the graphics as well, you know? For a 12-year-old me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rules. I had a great time, yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll just stay here. I don't care. I'm not going to go outside. That's not one you can play with your parents walking around, though. No, no. I, I think, yeah, it's true. I think it, it starts from, uh, do you know in GTA San Andreas where you could pick up girls and, yeah, buy, yeah. you know, the car would bounce? <laughs> yeah. That took it to, like, the next level. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because, like, Lulu was next to me when I fired this game up and I, she was like, what is this? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like I don't know. Levy recommended it. I, I've never heard of this. Yeah. But yeah, it was just funny, and this guy, Luke, Luke, I think that's how you say it, I'm going to butcher some names in this. It's alright, don't worry about it. Uh, Luke comes up, and he's talking to you, and he can, he's like, you, you seem like a guy who hates Nazis. Because <laughs> the Irish guy's just like looking at this picture, like fucking, you know, drinking himself to death. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, you got to join this resistance thing. And that cues this flashback where you see why, why Sean hates Nazis, essentially. Because he's in this big race. There's this other guy, Diker, Deeker, or whatever. I'm going to go with Deeker for this. Deeker, yeah. And uh, he's the, the Nazi driver, and he literally, like, shoots Sean's tire out during the race, <laughs> which causes Sean to crash, obviously. And so, in retaliation, Sean and his best friend, Jules, decide we're going to go and fuck this guy's car up. And they break in, they get captured, and Jules gets, like, tortured to death in front of Sean. And so that's, like... You know. Yeah, Sean also gets tortured because I think they yeah. they basically Diker thought that uh, Sean and Jules were um, what's the word were were uh, British spies. Right. And yeah, he keeps yeah. on like you know asking Sean like oh you know this guy is an idiot. He thought that you just come here and Sean is like dude who who are you talking about? I have no idea. Oh dude. That's my nightmare is being tor- tortured for, <laughs> for something no that you don't have the answer to. Because well, I would, I wouldn't take torture. I'd just give up whoever, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, not going to go same. through that. But yeah. so, but if you don't have the thing and they're convinced you do, that's the I mean, worst. You're, that's the thing. Like, yeah, snitches get stitches, but also 
non-snitches get, get snitches tortured. too. Yeah, yeah get tortured. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jules dies here. Sean escapes, uh, and he goes to the Jules sister Veronique uh, and tells her like, "Hey, your brother's dead," and she's choked. You, she's like, "This whole plan was fucking stupid, of like attacking his car, and now my brother's dead." So she lays into you and is pissed. And then you're also got the the other character of note here is Vittori. Who's sort of your older mentor guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have flashbacks of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not like a prominent character yeah. in the game, but he's sort of here. Um, so yeah, and that kicks off with Sean joining Luke in, in the resistance, and it's sort of like so the story opens up GTA style, where it's like there's markers on the map yeah. of people you can go and talk to, and it'll progress the story through them. So a few of the people you meet, you get meet uh, what's the guy Le Crochet. Hooked hand, legionnaire guy. Yeah, and he's all about revenge too. Like a Nazi <laughs> took his hand, and so most of these are just like they're sending you to kill not specific Nazis yeah. or specific targets. But yet, you know what's a cool thing about it? Mm. No missions are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't ha- you don't just go and kill a bunch of people once and then you go and you do the same thing again. It's is basically different strategies. And all the missions, like, now you plant, I don't know, dynamite there. Now you go and put, like, whatever bomb here. But it's it's all split up nicely. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing that I've done before. Mm-hmm. It changes quite a bit, which I find very cool. Totally. Well, and the reason this game is called The Saboteur is because you are sort of, like, stealthily going around and blowing shit up. There's countless targets in this game. So from, like, the first time you blow up a watchtower, it's like one out of 47 watchtowers yeah. cleared in this area or whatever. Or then you'll see a propaganda speaker and shoot it. And it's like one of 87 <laughs> propaganda speakers. So right away you realize like, oh, fuck, this is like, if you want 100% this game, this is going to take you forever. Yes, but then it's also, you know, what I, I like the, uh, the the color transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you were going to talk about it earlier. Oh, earlier, no, no. All oh, right, cool. No, well, we will talk about it now. Because, yeah, explain it if, for someone who hasn't played. So, uh, basically, um, when you are in a non-occupied um, Nazi space in Paris, the colors are, like, you know, bright and light and everything. Mm-hmm. However, if you go in an occupied area, everything, it's, um, it's basically, like, uh, black and white. Or, mm-hmm. like, very dark, besides of the red uh, stripes the of the and... Nazis' uh, flags. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really cool because, like, once you one over the area or like once you complete the mission that then liberates that part Mm -hmm. then you can see everything going back to life yeah specifically like there'll be missions like you'll take out all the nazis in like the the big building in the center of town and it'll be like a color explosion goes off and fills the whole area with color but it's it's so uh, this uh what am i thinking the symbology of it is obviously you know it's like restoring hope to the people, but like visually seeing it, it really like, it provides a hit when you see it for the first time. And then like driving around in the area, you just filled with color. It looks completely different. Exactly. It, it's yeah. just cool. Yeah, it, it is. And even like, you know, the, um, oh, by the way, this is a, uh, you know, yeah, maybe a plug for Russia. This is how you denazify the world, mm-hmm. not by attacking another country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's going to blow uh, them up, dude. But, uh, you know, even like the, the cars as well. Mm-hmm. It's very cool because, like, you know, if you drive old cars, I remember they were so slow, mm-hmm. but then you can collect new cars. Yeah. And you put them in garages and stuff. And, you know, the um, the thing with the uniforms, when you can, like, dress up as a Nazi. Yeah. But then you did you get the, the thing where you, like, if you were to walk too close to a bunch of Nazis. They realize. They'll realize. Yeah, they're like, this is an Irish guy. Yeah, but for, for like, <laughs> to, in my my head, for, like, a 2012, again, 2009, it was made from 2009, I probably played it on 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. But that concept, it was... Yeah, you know, to me, it just blew my mind. That was just fireworks. Well, it's well, it's funny because this game, it, it's tough when I don't play it in the era because I don't know what to be impressed about or what this game did that no right. other games were doing at the time. Because to me, this game didn't really do anything I hadn't seen before. Right. Uh, I thought it was impressive and well done, and it all looked good and everything. But it wasn't like you know mind blowing to me. But I wonder what I would have been... My, other than the color thing. The color thing was actually... I've never seen that in a game before. And I thought that was like really just well done. As far as just a concept they knocked out of the yeah, park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, going through that... Uh, you do meet all these weird people. I was talking about like Father Dennis, the priest. 
Uh, there's this guy, Duval Mingo, which is like... I remember. Oh, dude, he's <laughs> hilarious, because he, uh, basically his wife had been fucking a Nazi behind his back the whole time. Oh, yeah. So he's not like this pro-France guy at all. <laughs> he's like purely in it for revenge. Anti-wife. <laughs> yeah, and he sends Sean to go kill her and stuff like Because she also has all this information about them. Right, right, right. And shit like that that could sink them. So yeah, that was hilarious. And then also Margot Bonaire. With this badass French chick who just wants to preserve the French culture. What was the blonde one? Uh, I forget actually. I think. Oh no, no, no! I was thinking about something else. Someone else. Yeah, you're thinking of Skyler, the yeah. the British spy. Yeah, but no, Margot. She, she wants to preserve uh, French culture, so she sends she sends Sean to like go, uh, you know, like grab paintings or shit like that. The shit, oh, yeah. stuff that the Nazis are going to destroy or get rid of. Or, or, or you know, it's even the thing that, uh, like the one with the, the, I remember the bottle of wine mission, mm-hmm. you know, where he had to steal it so that they then they can sell it and basically uh, raise money for their actual, like, war against uh, the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So I might remember incorrectly, but I think I know some of, like, some of the, these, like, stealing stuff. You actually had to do with stealing it from the Nazis, selling it, Mm-hmm. And then make the money, put the money basically into uh, their resistance. Plans, plans. Resistance, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you brought up Skylar. This is his old squeeze. Uh, she was in the flashback too. It, you just get the feeling Sean's known her for a while. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and she ends up. It's weird. You're having a drink with her, and it's like you're gonna bang. And then Sean just starts getting dizzy, and she's like, "Sorry, I had to spike your drink." So she like. <laughs> She drugs you, and then you wake up, and she's like, hey, I'm a British spy, this is my boss, he wanted to talk to you. And I was like, was that necessary, to fucking drug the guy? Drug like, the guy. He, he yeah. probably would have just came and talked, like, yeah. Was, I, when is that happening? Is it like, it's like a, near a the beginning. Oh, near, okay, that makes sense. Maybe... Like the first third of the game. Right, okay. Well, after the flashback, though, like, he'd already been in the resistance for a while. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's so, un- I, I don't remember that, but yeah, that, that sounds unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and because it doesn't affect your relationship with Skylar <laughs> afterwards, like, you still yeah. fuck with her after this, and, like, it's just, I don't know, it's bizarre. <laughs> Um, and one of the jobs, so you're doing a bunch of jobs for him. One of them is stealing like a Nazi treasure that they don't let you know what it is. So you're almost getting vibes like, Oh, is that the massive box? Yeah. (laughs) You're almost like, are these guys on the up and up? What is in this box? Yeah. And it never explains. I don't think I, I, I think it's like a body would be my guess of like someone's body, someone important's body would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, it must be something because I was thinking at the time, I thought it might just be like a pile of like papers and plans, but then it's like you know a sign of. It's too obvious if it, if it was like oh this there is a key that opens this <laughs> you know I was like why why this massive box Wait, but yeah it was just weird because he makes a point of don't look inside it and then you bring it to but it never gives you the option yeah, in the game look, yeah and then when he you give it to him he's like hey you didn't look in the box right and Sean's like well it's none of my business yeah. it's just weird uh, but one of the things he sends you to do because the whole time he's sort of uh, dangling D- Diker over you. Like, uh, he's like, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll help yeah. you get to him if you do this. And then, oh, I think I found him. All you got to do is do this. And one of the jobs is rescuing this German scientist who's trying to defect from the war. Uh, and he'd be forced to make atomic bomb parts in this warehouse. I remember this because you, you go like a flight of stairs and then it's like a weird... I, I do remember that. That gave me like Arkham Asylum, Asylum mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. You know, all the going in and it's like very dark and it's, um, yeah. Yeah, this fucked up lab. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. an atomic bomb part lab, so. <laughs> Makes sense. You would expect it to yeah. be fucked up. Yeah. Um, and it's the second you save him, he's like, hey, I'm not working for you or doing shit until you also save my daughter. So then you have to go out and save his daughter. Lots of just fetch quests, essentially. Uh, and as soon as you save the daughter, you bring her to the safe house where Nazis attack. Uh, and the resistance has forced to hide in the catacombs, which I still thought was fucking sick. I I love that they actually use that as a location in this game. Yeah, I think apparently they um, maybe one of the reasons why they went bust is because they spent uh, apparently a lot of like money to go to Paris mm-hmm. and to actually get a feel of everything. Right. So they <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, they they were p- kind of like. Apparently, they were first planning to have multiple locations, so kind of like an Assassin's Creed, you know, where you go from, like, Firenze to Rome and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what they want to do around France. Yeah. But then they were like, nah, let's just focus in one place. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, they, apparently a team of, uh, a team from uh, Pandemic went to Paris. Yeah. And, like, had a 
feel of everything, have the taste of everything, just to make sure that they get it right. So yeah. that's hilarious. That's all one of those ones you like. I bet we can get away with this. Like, yeah, trip to Paris. <laughs> eight of us need to go to Paris. <laughs> First class, by the way. It makes sense though, because it's, uh, it's. I think again. Uh, I, think I mean, I'm sure the there. Only... I'm sure there was value to it for and, sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was like the the only game that, mm-hmm. even now that I know of, having a storyline in in Paris. To be fair, or like at least on that like massive scale. Yeah, it's so, very cool for me because yeah. like obviously Lulu's done the podcast before, but she's French. Um, and so when I was in Strasbourg, like she did, uh, went to university there and shit. And I was like, Hey, check it out. Like I'm in Strasbourg. In the <laughs> yeah. So it was just cool, cool for that reason. I mean, she had family that was like in fucking Nazi occupied Paris, like Paris. France, you know, I don't know about Paris, but France and like, oh, wow. yeah. So I'm like it, that, that hit home it's, as far as like, it really did root this thing in reality or ground this thing in a reality. Cause none of the GTAs feel realistic and even Assassin's Creed, it's like, I know some of those people are were real or whatever, but you're like going it's, back and forth in time. It doesn't yeah. feel realistic at all. It's inspired by Michelangelo. I think especially the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's inspired by Michelangelo's life because obviously got Da Vinci in there as well and stuff like this, mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't I don't remember whether they actually cross like paths in real life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it again it's it's too dramatic. While this one, I agree, it's uh, it's very romantic, if anything. This yeah, one, you know? and and not that I'm saying this one's super realistic. Yeah, uh, obviously you're blowing shit up at a yeah. crazy alarming rate. But even though I, I, to to drink as much as that guy drinks and be able to climb everything, it's yeah. you know that's the thing that I'm questioning. But besides that, yeah, no kidding. I would have man like. <laughs> I, I'm so tired of games where guys can just climb up, like, stone buildings and shit, like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just give me, like, a grappling hook or something, or, like, which Batman does, to be That's, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway. You know what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to continue, but go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say maybe a, a question you might know the answer. You know the, the phone line that he's using in the game to mm-hmm. travel around? Oh, yeah. He just puts his hands on it. Yeah. When he makes comments about it, he'll be like, ow, that fucking hurt my hands. Yeah, but would you not get, like electrocuted uh well i i always just thought they were ropes i didn't think i didn't take them oh, i didn't sense. take them to right. be uh, oh, electric okay. cords okay 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 okay. but yeah part of yeah. the exploration in this game is there's just wires or ropes oh, or whatever yeah. that connect all these buildings and then there's some locations where if you go to them it'll do a wide angle of it and it's like the tw- one of 12 monuments found or places yeah, of yeah, interest yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever because you can go to the eiffel tower you can go to the yeah, Arc triumph it. and stuff yeah. like that yeah it's pretty cool and that's what that's where we got with the catacombs. I thought it was fucking awesome was, that you end up yeah. there. Um, and during all this, Veronique is captured. Uh, Sean demands like a team of people to go save her, and Luke's like, "No, we're on the back foot right now." It feels like the resistance isn't going well. Yeah. He's like, "We can't send a team of people," so Sean has to go do it single-handedly, which he does obviously. <laughs> um, at this point, Luke devises a plan involving Sean driving a race car rigged with explosives and just driving it into the Nazi leadership. And they're all underneath the, the Eiffel Tower, so this make, makes for a pretty great scene. Is. <laughs> and it's funny, because there's a, there's a guy, like, filming the whole thing as it's going on. Or I don't know if he's filming or he's recording something. Yeah, he's fil- Yeah, it's one of those old-timey cameras. Mm, and uh, so Sean does this, like, he jumps out of the moving car, it explodes, kills everyone. And he runs up to that guy, he's like, put that in your movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that way. Yeah. They, they add, they're almost like cheesy action movie lines. This game is packed with them for sure. Is, especially, like, I remember Sean's like he he was uh he was mad for like one liners. Yeah, like, you talk to him and he'll just. Even the game the game ends on them, but yeah. we'll get there in a second. Um, so yeah, the the Nazis retaliate pretty strongly. They uh hit the cabaret where your hideout is. I I didn't explain that Sean like lives in the back of the cabaret yeah. behind this like sealed. What, door or whatever but many people were like many foreigners were living there because it was a safe space because uh, so did a lot of uh, like the um, resistance members were mm-hmm. living underneath or like yeah in the cabaret but it's weird because the cabaret was constantly filled with nazis so like you were sort of mingling or ma- amongst them i i imagine he adds up to this like saboteur like spy vibe because he's like you know you don't expect you're right underneath their yeah thing. yeah that makes sense, totally. Um, but yeah, so they fucking hit it hard. Uh, Vittori is dead when you walk in. He's like dying. Um, so that one, that, that's pretty brutal. And Veronique's parents get capped here too. Uh, all On top of that, they managed to recapture the scientist and daughter you spent all that time saving earlier in the game. 
So this whole thing was a huge loss for the resistance, <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> Big L. Um, but <laughs> massive. Massive L, dude. Um, but of course, you're, you're not going to lose the game here, so you retaliate. Uh, Sean rushes to the catacombs from here to try help them because, oh yeah, that's what Vittori says. He's like, they know they're at the catacombs, go save them. Um, and an explosion goes off. It, just when you think things might be getting better, Luke is trapped under all this rubble and Ooh, shit. Yeah. And there's this heart-wrenching scene where Veronique tells Sean to kill him. He's like, we can't just leave him here. They're going to capture him and fucking he knows everything. Oh, I don't remember that. That's but we also don't have enough time to like pull him out. Cause so... Just Shoot. And Sean can't shoot him, so he's like, I can't do it. And he puts the gun down, and then you hear a blast, and Veronique fucking killed him. So she's Holy shit, she's presented the as the badass here. But also, it's like Luke, just earlier in the game, didn't send a team of people to go save her. So she's sort of like, hey, this is what you made it, man. Like, I mean, I don't know if she knew that. No, probably I mean, not. Yeah, I see her point, but yeah, that's tough. But it shows you the mentality of everyone involved in the Resistance. Yeah. They're all like, this is, this is it. Like, <laughs> this isn't a game. Yeah, and I, I do remember the, um, the like, coming out of the, this, like, in, in, even, like, Romania, with, like, um, people that were fighting the communism, mm-hmm. they often kill themselves or they have someone uh, kill them, you know, because it was, like, this thing with the spies that would have, like, a, a tablet on them. Oh, that yeah. That would basically kill them in case they get captured so that they don't um, get tortured for information. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, that's why, like, it, it, historically, it does make sense, yeah. I think that happens in The Watchmen. Someone tries, yeah. someone tries to kill one yeah. of them, and then he takes the sign exactly. out, yeah. which is funny, because that's all, like, Russia sort of related and stuff as well. So, anyway, uh, at this point, this is sort of like, you're, you know you're leading up to the end game. Uh, Sean, Veronique, and Skylar, they team up. You save the scientist again. And then blow up the factory that they put him in, which was like a big uh, hub for the Nazis. Uh, and then you return to Paris from here and you find the tides just turned publicly for the most part. The general public are now revolting against the Nazis. And Deeker is like, he's done. He knows he's done for. He's punishing yeah. his own soldiers on the Eiffel Tower, executing them for disloyalty and things of this nature. Uh, and he's just a madman at this point. So you have your final showdown with him, conversation. Uh, and he's like, we're going to hell, aren't we? And Sean's like, you're going there first. first. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was crazy because he, like, it humanizes the guy right before he gets killed. Because, you know, before you just, you yeah. know, oh, this guy is a, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of shit, he's a bastard, you know, fuck him. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, like, he, it make, makes you realize, like, oh, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like, he knew he was a bad guy. He knew that he was, you know, torturing people. He maybe, like, even, the, actually, the thing is, I kind of, I, I, one thing that I was thinking about was, did he did he do it? You know, because it's one of those things. Did he do it as a job or did he do it for pleasure? Because mm-hmm. you know, at the end, he seems a bit like sad about the fact that I don't know he can't make up for it in a way. Because that's why it's like, oh, we're all going to hell, aren't we? And it was kind of like his call for help or something. It was like, oh man, I, I wish I didn't have to. That yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I think it's weird because when bad people are doing things in the moment, I guess you're not thinking about ramifications and shit. But we all are just the result of our actions. It's... I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, one of those things where um, I feel like this is going very, like, you know... Uh, deep, we're going deep. deep. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, you know, is it a job? Yeah. <laughs> or is it, are, are you doing this for pleasure? Like, you know, I don't know. Well, I think most people seek out the jobs that give them pleasure in a way. So it's like... Yeah, good point. That's why you yeah. find a yeah. lot of cops are just fucking bullies because they were wanted to Cause they wanted have power to, yeah, and a gun exactly. and shit. Yeah. Or, or there's a bunch of examples like that. Like, but, dude, jail, jailers are, like, yeah, yeah, jailers, notoriously yeah, yeah. shitty people. So there you go. Yeah, now, that answered my question. Uh, or, like, it puts perspective. Thank I you. Don't, I don't <laughs> think you get this high in the Nats, Nazi army, like a general, without being a real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a real oh, no, I'm really sorry, by the way. I'll have to kill you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and this is one of the only options this, it's given to you in the game. And it's not a huge one or anything, but you can either shoot Diker yourself or if you just wait long enough, he'll jump off to his own death because he sort of realized it. Uh, and either way, his body falls just head first, and when it hits the ground, it causes the color explosion. Yeah, that was that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, but it's so like it was pretty dark because you're yeah. literally the death of this guy. So, was like, <laughs> you know, it's also the thing that apparently um, on on the way to to the to the Eiffel Tower. On the way to the Eiffel Tower, that's the actual only song in the game that's not from the 1940s. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's the um, Feeling Good. 
okay. The original one, not the Michael Bublé. <laughs> so the original one is playing on the radio in mm. the car. And then, I don't know if you noticed, but the higher you get on the tower, the louder the, the song gets. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, it ends on that song. And again, that's the only song throughout the whole game that is not an actual 1940s tune because it only came out in 1960-something. Oh, wow. Yeah, and... That's uh, awesome. Also, you know what I was saying, because I don't... Uh, um, I didn't mention it, but I find it so cool. The uh, You know, when you go to the Eiffel Tower and then the, the, the Nazis that were hanging... Oh, from, yeah. Yeah, that to me was like, what is going on? Because you could see them. Mm-hmm. Like, you could even see the ones that were just about to, like, jump. Mm-hmm. So, because you, you see some of them just, like, going in and you see them, like, struggling and then just, like... Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, this game, like, really deals up some imagery to you, man. Like, it, it is heavy for that. Uh, and that was the story and the characters, uh, all in all. Uh, we'll get into some of the gameplay stuff we didn't talk about. Cool. Um... I'd say the the aim of the word of this game is fun. Like, it's so fun to just go around. I, I'd have so many times where I just forgot about the story entirely and just spent, like, a few hours blowing shit up. Yeah. With, like, because you got a, a bunch of dynamite and you're just planting it on places. But it's just, like, the, the amount of missions you have and then you can do them in, like, whatever way you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had one where you're meant to, you might remember, you're meant to blow up three of these trucks. Yes. But I found out when you blew up one, the other two would drive away. And as soon as it got out, it's like, the target got away. So I had to think of a way to fucking do them, blow them all up at the same, same time, time so they couldn't leave. I think I remember. Is that the one where you have to dress up as a Nazi? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, I do remember that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you, you, you go, like, undercover. Yeah. Yeah, and so what I ended up doing was, like, uh, there's an option when you're driving a car is you can put a bomb in it and then jump out of the car a lot like you do in the scene in the story Yeah, and so I just did that and launched this car at the trucks and they all just blew up at the same time That's clever. I can't remember how I got <laughs> through past past mine, but wow. Yeah Yeah, and I just loved it like oh just because I thought of that and because yeah, the game yeah, allows yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah, but I'm sure there's like 50 different ways to do that challenge or whatever so. but still it's cool that I, yeah, I didn't even think about it that way, but yeah, it's nice that you add something. That's the freedom that you got out of it. Mm-hmm. To me, it was incredible. Yeah, no, and I, I love that in this game. I think they just nailed that. Yeah, we talked about the no color thing. Um, talked about the story of how it progresses. Uh, I like that you unlock specific perks for your guy. It's almost like leveling up, yeah, but yeah. just through the actions that you're doing, and you won't even realize it. But, like, if you kill 10 guys with a grenade, it'll be, like, your grenade explosions are bigger now. And yeah. stuff, things like that. Uh, I just thought it was a nice way. And then when you search the perk thing, you can start seeing what you're aiming for and going from that way. But it's sort of, like, it, it's really, like, designed by how you play the game. Like, yes. like I didn't do any car races, for instance. I, oh, no, no. I just didn't really enjoy it, enjoy it, so I just didn't do it. I thought they were really, because I'm a, I'm a Formula One fan. Mm-hmm. And the car races there made no sense because basically <laughs> it was like, they you know there was like no flags there was like no you, even though you had lines you had the track mm-hmm. you could have literally just like go there is one that's kind of like yeah, up down the down a hill mm-hmm. and if you were literally just to like cut all the corners and just drive through along the track mm-hmm. you would have still win and I was like that is. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, if you're a Gran Turismo fan who watches Formula yeah. One, like, what is this? Yeah, like I, I switch this off, burn the CD. If anything. I just feel like I've played so many games now that just have this driving system between all the GTAs, and you brought up LA Noir, and yeah. it's just like I don't, I don't really. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It works in the game. It's dead, exactly. I just don't ever need to play a game driving. I feel the same. Game. You know, I feel like um, the, probably the last game that i played or i enjoyed being actually car was like the wheelman oh yeah with vin diesel oh i never played it <laughs> no yeah. yeah that was that was fun that was cool you mm-hmm. know and uh but that was it you know i, like, I like i liked uh simpsons hit and run because it was so chaotic <laughs> i've not played that oh no that's a classic dude that's like one of the only good simpsons games but uh yeah what else do we got here oh yeah you so there's a huge variety of weapons but you can only hold two at the same time so typically, I'd have like a sniper and then whatever. But you know what I like? Mm-hmm. Makes sense because again, it makes it more realistic. Yeah. You know, because if you play like through COVID, as we all did, you know the the like war zone. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't make any sense. You know, how do you have... I mean, again, yeah, for the purpose of alone, like, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But then for the purpose of... How, how am I... How do you carry um, a bazooka yeah. in your backpack <laughs> and then you, you are able to still run, you know? But then in this game, at least he made it a bit more realistic. It was like... Um, you know, you, you can only do this much. And, like, you know, you, you... Also, there was a thing where you... The same guns that you had... Mm-hmm. you could only pick the ammo for it from like the dead Nazis or like whatever you're gone yeah so you don't just like keep spare ammo for no reason yeah totally yeah, I might remember wrong but that was also one of the things that like blew my mind it reminded me a lot of the 2Ks Mafia 2 like they, they put some thought into it they're like mm-hmm. you don't need all this shit yeah totally yeah. well and, and the game works by like every time you blow something up you're getting money for it essentially yeah Um. so like you have to buy dynamite but I mean one dynamite will get you like more money than you need to buy it obviously so so the economy works pretty well in the game like yeah yeah, i find it's like you can't just go and buy all the best guns right away you have to earn it through blowing shit up yeah yeah. Uh, and you can buy anything you can i i like that they give you maps of all the the nazi locations yeah so then on when you buy that if you're in that area all the things that you blow up are just little red dots on the map i can't remember uh, so you know to fucking yeah blow them up i love that like even the nazi generals were targets so if you, they'd always have like guards around them and shit. But if you like sniped them or whatever, yeah. it'd be like one of twelve generals. I know it's shit like oh, that. Oh god, yeah, that that was one of the best because it was also one of the first things where you know where you don't have like the the target moves it for you. Mm-hmm. So like, if you if you put your uh, whoever person you want to get from a group, mm-hmm. it helps you out to without focus. Maybe it's a bit of a cheat. Maybe some people say <laughs> yeah. oh that cheating, but I did enjoy. It. I liked it because I I am the same kind of guy. Like every time I play any similar game like this i like this uh, i like to be as silent as possible i don't like that constant shooting totally so if i can just like shoot someone quickly and run off that's mm-hmm. perfect if i can like get someone from the back and you know suffocate i'll do that and also you know on the saboteur as well it was the thing where um if you were to attack someone from the back mm-hmm. you'd actually stab them in the lower back yeah and it just kills them yeah, but because, you know, like, to make it less uh, messier, which I thought very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought so, too. And then, yeah, it, it, well, you have to unlock that. It's like this, once yeah. you get, like, ten stealth kills or whatever, then it gives you this one where you just prick him in the back. I love there is one um, where the priest, Father Dennis, he basically sets up an assassination, and he's like, yeah, they asked me to come here and, like, bless them or whatever. So I'll do that, but I want you to just be up in the rafters and you kill the guy. And things like that are great, too, because it's like you said, you kill him and then you make your quick getaway. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I, I loved it. They they had a lot of stealth missions in this, but then there were also a lot of just like, I love, yeah, go I, in locked and loaded and blow everything yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a nice combination. And I, I, I do like the blowing up as well. Yeah. I, I'm not a massive um, constant shooting kind of guy, but blowing up i mean i liked the, anything sometimes it'd be fuel tank like you have to blow up their fuel deposits yeah and so you don't have to dynamite it you could just shoot the tank sure. yeah and it would explode everything around it that was like a lot i think tom clancy was like that a lot mm-hmm. some of the missions they were like you just gotta like basically you just gotta do like literally like light up a cigarette yeah. <laughs> and then this whole thing around is gonna break and it was great yeah no it's great it, it led to some big big moments yeah um but let's get into the music and the graphics of this game cool uh you talked about the soundtrack i do think it's just so unique to use like just music from the air to yeah. build it and it totally like it matches everything they're going obviously the music matches because they took everything from that era so i i just love the music throughout and there is another there is another thing with the um, with the music i can't remember the mission but i remember so the the actual like soundtrack mm-hmm. at one of the worst like the darkest scenes closer to the end it's the oh wait hang on cuz i do remember the mission it's uh, i think the the mission right before the end mm-hmm. right before the final one it's an actual like a uh, it's a darker remix of the um, you know, because you have like the nice like little version, mm-hmm. and then you have um, what I think is actually when you're on, on a Nazi location. Right. The music on the back is actually the original, but you just like with lower by bass, like darker basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they just yeah. made it. Yeah, that's pretty sick, dude. Uh, I just loved it. It it all matched. Um, the graphics I thought were great, like you said, for a game this old. Yeah. I mean, we you sort of entered that era, and I've talked about it on the podcast, but like Xbox 360 and PS2, well, maybe PS3 onwards, 
graphics are pretty good. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get games where you're like, what the fuck's this that often anymore. Um, but yeah, it just holds up really well. Seeing Nazi imagery and shit like that is still, like, striking, you know? Like, yeah. you're not used to seeing fucking, like, full-blown swastikas and shit like that. I know, but <laughs> it, 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 was, it was incredible. Um, I think the CGI, like, the, the actual um, moments, because sometimes when I play games, I'm, I get a bit tired of watching the in-between scenes mm-hmm. but then in though that game i think that if anything the cgi scenes were so much clearer than the actual game and it looks like they and th- this is what blows my mind is it was a 2009 game yeah like i remember i because yeah like you said now it's if you, it basically has to be like a massive like it has to be terrible for someone to go like oh this is outrageous <laughs> yeah. but then when you actually think that at that time you had nothing like it you were like, yeah, again, because I think Batman came in the same year, and so did Assassin's Creed 2. But Assassin's Creed 2, it was a massive jump between 2 and the Brotherhood. Totally. While this one, it was, was the, I think in 2009, this was the best. The peak. Yeah, the peak of, like, graphics. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy the Pandemic Studios went under, because they had so many big games, like, that's both Star Wars Battlefronts, if you didn't know, and like yeah, I know that. Yeah, you think those two alone would be those that franchise alone would be enough to keep a studio alive? You know why? Apparently, because EA Sports bought them over, mm-hmm. and EA Sport in two thousand and nine they uh, made a decision that basically whatever um, pandemic was working on, mm-hmm. it wasn't relevant. Basically, they were they tried only to focus on either big hits, that's why Star Wars is still going, yeah, or um, like games that can pe- be played on um, phones and like mobiles and stuff like that, right? So, well, yeah, because apparently they this came out as a mobile, so I, I'm not sure, oh, if it was I, the, know that. I don't know if it was the full game or if it was what? like a stripped down, just blowing shit up, uh, but yeah, Wikipedia says it came out in 2012 as a mobile game. Oh, 2012, that's like 40 years. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, bizarre, huh? But you see, that's why, like, unfortunately, Saboteur kind of, like, fell in the middle. It was, like, great concept. We'll keep it. We'll put it into something else. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, unfortunately, didn't make the cut. Not a big hit either. No. Well, and that, uh, like, tragically, the studio got liquefied before the game's release, yeah, like, yeah, two yeah. months. So it's, like, even if it was the hugest hit ever, the writing was on the wall. Uh, this thing was done. Um, just wrapping, any other thoughts on that I had? Oh yeah, the I, we brought up the voice acting of the Irish guy. But there were some pretty wacky voices in this whole <laughs> fucking game. Yeah. It, it almost, some of them sound like if you were to do a parody of like a French voice. Or someone, like, yeah. if, if, when a comedian tries to mock, like, uh, someone's accent, a lot of them just sound like that. You know what I was going to say? Because I feel like th- that about loads of games. I just feel like there is only one guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that has to do the whole accent. Yeah. You know, it just feels like the guy just went on YouTube, or like, how to learn, like, the Irish accent in 15 minutes. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I can do this. It's crazy. That the main character's accent is this bad. Yeah. Like, it's crazy they didn't just hire an Irish guy. I mean, that's one, like, <laughs> given the fact that they were fine they, with, like, They flew traveling. to France. Yeah, flew to France from <laughs> California. They worked on it for so long, but they were like, you know, we can't afford paying an Irish person. Just to any just Irish guy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it could have just been anyone off the street. Like, you could have found, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just go to a pub. Like yeah. you, like talk for a minute. You yeah. just go to like Guinness factory and be like, hey, look, do you want a pint? Come, <laughs> come, yeah, with come me. in the back of this van <laughs> yeah. and just say those lines into a microphone. Yeah, it's just wild, man. <laughs> uh, so that'll bring me to the, the segment we do sometimes called the Critique Your Baby, uh, which is basically if you had to critique this game or bust it shops a bit, we've already covered the accents. Are there any critiques you make or there changes you think would make the game better? Changes. I just. I just hope it was a sequel, because I the the way the the last words of Sean were. Oh, because I forgot to bring that up. Oh right, yeah. So do you want me to? Or do you want to? Yeah, no, go for it. Right. So is it Ver- Veronique? Yeah. Veronique says, "Oh well, I guess this is the end of it." Yeah. And then Sean says with the shit Irish accent, accent, <laughs> which I'm not gonna try to redo, but basically he says, "Well, no, this is just the beginning." Yeah, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. Sorry, yeah, we're just getting started, and it's a shame it didn't because uh, i don't know at least i wish like ea could at least you know what they're, they're tragic last words for the studio you know yeah may, maybe you know because what i thought is after i did like some research i found about the pandemic i thought oh maybe it's because they are 
hopeful that someone else will pick it up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If anything, I feel like this could have gone like an Assassin's Creed, you know, just like get obviously not necessarily shown, mm-hmm. but there were so many things that happened in history. And it's like, you know, we, even with the, what's the name of the first, um, you know, that, that, the, the sex worker that infiltrated in, um, you know, I think it was Nazi Germany and she basically was like sleeping with. Uh, I've not heard of that. Yeah, it, it's, an, it's like a genuine figure. That's what I was saying about, I was going to say about the, the, brothel or like the 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 house where sean was living in mm-hmm. um i in my opinion the reason why he was in the game and he was like they made such a big scene about it is because that's actually how during wars a lot of like secret agencies made a lot got a lot of information right because um those like generals they would go and like basically the the woman there would make them fall in love with them mm-hmm and then they they'll start like well, and they're drinking. Yeah, exactly. So having having a good time. You see exactly. So so you see there are so many ways that you could have gone with this. But again, obviously a lot of money as well. So the only thing I'd say is it would be not critiquing. I would I would look forward to play some different version of this or totally. even just play like a second part of it. Yeah, no, it totally felt like there was room for that, you know. I mean, Paris is just one city in one country, so... Yeah, yeah. But uh, my, my big one was that there is so much to blow up that it almost becomes inconsequential. And it's inconsequential in the sense that there's nothing... You get nothing from it. Like, there's not even an achievement for blowing up everything, which you'd think there would oh, be. Oh, true, yeah. So it's like, I don't know why, if you clear everything in one part... Because there's one part of Paris, two part of Paris, but then all the different cities have their own targets. I don't know if when you clear all from an area, why you don't get some sort of bonus... Be it like yeah. a special gun or a special perk or something. Like you should get something for blowing up all the things in an area. It's like, why else would you even count it? Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, because I was saying, oh, maybe it's because, you know, they'll be like, oh, stop blowing shit up that for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll... the color coming back is cool. But that only requires like usually a mission or something mission, or yeah. one one building. Yeah, I feel like the the color the color changing only happens when you're actually back onto following the missions on the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like if you you know when you basically when you kill like uh, the Nazi like pro- propagandist or like you know when the Nazi officers they are like basically um, abusing people on random people on the street. Yeah, and you can the, stop the, them. <laughs> yeah, but you can't stop them. But the, you know the change of color still doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but from what I remember, it only happens when you go because obviously I, I it does make sense because you're not liberating the area. No, you're, you're just saving those people for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's all it's big consequential events, but you'll you'll save people just throughout the from game periodically. Yeah. You do get an achievement for that if you do it like fifty times. Oh, actually, one last thing yeah. I want to say is that kind of like blew my mind is that you can actually steal cars, which I don't like because mm-hmm. it's like you're meant to be a hero. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a well, that's something I'm glad you brought it up because that reminded me. You can get negative perks or like penalties if you oh. if you kill like five civilians in a in under a minute or whatever. It'll tell you that you did that and be like, now you can't see the hidden space because there's hiding spots in the game. I didn't mention that either. Oh yeah. If you're if the not if your Nazi alarms really high up, but they don't have eyes on you, you can go into these like it's like a bunker or oh, like yeah, a, a shack that. or whatever, yeah. and it just takes away your wanted level overnight because it's pretty nice, cool nice. and there's even one there's like a, a random chick there there's some random women in the art that you can pretend to be making out with and like a movie the, Na- I do the nazis that. will yeah. run by you yeah, like a movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny as if they're like oh i think this guy is a terrorist yeah but they're like oh he's making out with someone so yeah. we can't interrupt him <laughs> even the nazis followed broco <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah we can't they're evil, they're but evil. they're not that evil. evil you know? Yeah, <laughs> they, they have standards. Yeah. All I'm saying is they, they, they have priorities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's bring it into the home stretch then. I always end talking about the legacy factor of this game. What do you think its legacy will be, uh, you know, in the gaming world? Because to me, this is the true definition of a hidden gem. I, I feel a lot of people is, don't yeah. know about it, but it, it's really well done for what it I is. Agree. Yeah, I think... It, do your research, like if you, because that, that I do the same thing about movies, maybe like life in general. Yeah. <laughs> if you like something, try to find things that are similar to it. Because I'm the same. I mean, the the only reason why I got into this is because I was like mad on like going on forums and you know I was like oh I like I really liked I think that was I think it was Mafia Two and mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed and I was like oh more games like this or like Arkham Asylum and then you 
basically find different games and just like try it out yeah you know because especially now i feel like you can rent you can still rent games if you have like a console that allows you to have physical um basic discs with cex if, man i mean I'm, i should get them as like a promo ad on this podcast because i always talk about how good cex is i went there yeah. The Saboteur was on the shelf for the Xbox 360. It was two, two pounds. Yeah. Uh, I can probably trade it in for 50 pence. I'll put that towards the and next then, fucking two-pound game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that, that was the thing. And it's, it's even if you if you don't... Because like with the Series S and X on the Xbox, you can't put um, CDs on. But mm-hmm. you there are so many subscriptions that you, you know... Because I do that sometimes. You know, I just go for the subscription. I'm like, oh, what, what games are there? Let me have a look. Even though, like, I think the last Yakuza, it's... Terrible, like the, they, they I, not the Yakuza, sorry, the um, T, it's something with yeah, uh, Tekken. Oh, yeah, Tekken, they butchered that, <laughs> like, they, they absolutely destroyed everything. That's funny, but uh, you see, that yeah, yeah, that would be probably the idea of it. Just like look out for the you know, people that made the game, people that were involved into it, what else they are doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, once again, I think what, what this will stand for in the future is that this in my eyes started the revolution from like because again when it this came out it was so original so different and then now i stopped playing similar games just because i don't have a pc anymore and whatever i play on my xbox a bit different but mm-hmm. from what i have played after you can see so many similarities and actually that's where it started mm-hmm. and it's great yeah no yeah. It's, it is man and it's also it being the swan, swan song of Pandemic Studio is sort of like, yeah, it is a real shame because games like of this quality, it, it's yeah. obviously like they didn't shut down due to lack of quality is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, you know what, this is maybe it would have been worse if they wouldn't be, if this would have not been their last thing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they wouldn't spend as much time on it. But Well, but I, we've just, seen we've seen gaming studios take nosedives like fucking Bioware went from, like, Dragon Age Origins and Mass oh, Effect yeah. 2 to, like, fucking Dragon Age 2 and Mass Effect 3, dog shit. And now it's, yeah, like, I don't even trust them as a as a developer anymore. I have I to read the reviews first. I've never... Yeah, I've, I've, I can't remember last time when I, I heard something good about them, to be fair. Yeah. Sorry, it's been that long. <laughs> but at one point, they were, like, the golden child. Yeah, that, they were. That, really. uh, that's not what happened with Pandemic. There was no nosedive. They were still putting out quality games. Well, apparently... It did in the in the in the middle, like mm-hmm. the, the years I think after Star Wars, after the, the Battlefield came out. Yeah, they had a few years where they actually and apparently they were oh Lord of the Rings that was apparent. Even though I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't hate. It, it. Depends which one it is. I didn't. The, there's so many. The first. I mean, anyway, the, what I think pandemic made as a up and you were doing great and then because of that i think they had like two or three games in a row that i would say weren't as good but they weren't terrible yeah however for some reason people were like oh these are terrible well they and probably fell they to their lost, own high standards yeah it's that they lost they lost a bit of rep and then they just never managed to get back and then when ea went like oh we want to buy you they're like cool yeah liquefied yeah. unfortunately well hey we'll put a pin in it there man thanks for doing the podcast well, thanks for having me this was so good i yeah. enjoyed it anything you want to plug before uh uh going? myself <laughs> yeah yeah levy the Djokovic on the socials uh website is coming soon which i'm psyched about sick and uh yeah i'll uh, see you around manchester or london whatever comes first yeah and <laughs> uh look in the description of this i'll have i'll tag your stuff in oh, there sick. and cool. uh as always i'm jordan Ducharme at funny jordan d on instagram at Pod on twitter uh, we got a facebook page now feel free to invite your friends tell them about the show we want to grow it a bit and thanks for listening